Welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast series, brought to you by Ozark Institute, an initiative of OncoSpark, a technology-enabled revenue cycle management company, discussing your life as a medical coder, offering tips and advice for coding students and professionals. Join us every Wednesday. Hello and welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast. My name is Jennifer McNamara and I am your host today. Our program is brought to you from Ozark Institute. Ozark Institute is an initiative of OncoSpark, a technology-enabled revenue cycle management company. As you know, our goal at the Life as a Coder podcast is always to bring you those timely industry topics in the field of health information management. We've had so many great episodes lately on revenue cycle and coding, which is our goal here. And last week, we talked to my friend, Sanal Patel, about Modifier 25. And we referenced what is called the Global Package, which, of course, brings in several modifiers, including Modifier 25. So in this episode, this is Season 6, Episode 6, we're going to dissect the Global Package. So stay tuned. The barriers for practices and patients due to prior authorizations are a clinical and clerical issue. I want to thank OncoSpark for designing a platform that streamlines and standardizes the authorization process. This optimizes staff and resources while decreasing the time a patient must wait. The platform will seamlessly integrate with your practice management system and electronic medical record, alerting you to expiring authorizations or order changes. Off-parencies reports can be used for internal development as well as payer and pharma accountability. Direct insurance verification and specialty pharmacy hub enrollment are standard modules in the platform too. So jump on over to offparency.com. That's www.authparency.com and get started today with this amazing tool. As I mentioned, today we're going to dissect the Globally Surgery Booklet. Now, this is one of the booklets that is put out by CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And I will have the link in my show notes for you to reference. This is just one of many booklets that Medicare puts out. It's part of their knowledge, resources, and training. It's a great, great manual. And I feel like sometimes when we get denials and we question the documentation. There are so many things that can be found within this manual that are overlooked and interpreted incorrectly. So first of all, we get so many questions, right, about the global package. In general, if a service has a global concept, which means that in order to pay that service, they're going to attach maybe a global day to it. Now, there are some services, as we mentioned last week, that don't have a global concept, which means that they can be performed the same day as an evaluation management service and be paid just as they would normally without having a modifier attached, right? Now, within these procedures, though, that do carry a global concept, they will have potentially a zero-day post-operative period, which means that if they are having a zero days attached to them, there's not going to be a pre-operative period, a post-operative period. They're going to get paid that day for the evaluation management service and potentially another procedure if those requirements are met, right? So you are, like I mentioned last week, to use the modifier 25, you would have to separate, right, what is needed for that procedure of the evaluation. 
uh, which is normally included, right? Um, so those are things you would have to, of course, come to that conclusion. And it says in that booklet, it's the visit on the day of a procedure that is generally not payable as a separate service. And the word generally is there because generally, yes, you're not going to get an E&M service with, on the same day as a procedure because, as we know, the global package includes normal elements of that. There's not going to be a preoperative period like there is maybe for a major surgery um, or maybe a, um, things like that. But when it comes to the 10-day, that's the next one, right? So the 10-day global is also for minor procedures, just like the zero-day. So minor procedures, by Medicare's definition, and most payers agree, if they follow Medicare, that these global days will include that normal pre and post work that is normally included um, in this procedure. But these are either the day of, right, which is the zero day, or in the 10 day situation, you're going to have the day of the surgery and then 10 days after, which really equates to 11 days, doesn't it? It equates to the day of the procedure. That's usually what you get. You get paid for that procedure. And then you don't get to bill anything to that patient that is part of the global package for 11 days total, which is the day of the procedure and 10 days after. So you not only have to know what the global package includes, but also reference the days attached to that procedure, whether it's 0, 10, or 90, as we're going to talk about next. So let's talk about those major procedures, those 90-day post-operative procedures. They do include a preoperative period. So normally, right, if it's a zero or a 10, there's no preoperative period because it's that day, right? It's a, it's a minor procedure performed that day. There's nothing before or after. But in the case of a major procedure, they, they do know, right, that you're going to have one day preoperative that's included the day before that procedure, the day of the procedure, and then 90 days after, which equates to what? 92 days. So you count the day before the surgery, the day of the surgery, and then 90 days following. So you need to be aware of that information. And there has been a lot of questions about um, a modifier we will talk about in a minute. So hold your thought there, but we will talk about the modifier that is allowed to make the decision for surgery for a major surgery. So hold that thought. Now, another thing that I think is misunderstood is many don't know how to use the Medicare physician fee schedule. And they have a great lookup tool. So if you want to know the fees and all of the different elements of that procedure and how they're paid, most of that information is very easily accessible by looking up that information on the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule lookup tool. We'll also have a link to that in our show notes. Now, there are what's called indicators, right? So if you look up that spreadsheet you download and it has all that information, Maybe you've used an encoder, right? You use an encoder um, with your job maybe to look at bundles and different things. But there's also information in there that um, they use that comes from this Medicare Physician Fee Schedule. It's added into these encoder programs. And one of those items is, of course, specific indicators for certain types of procedures. So, for instance, they tell you in one of the columns if the procedure itself, what, how many days of global it has. They have other indicators too, maybe like these triple characters, right? So for instance, many see the triple Y next to a code. What does that mean? Well, when you look at that, of course, Medicare's manual, again, has all the information for you. It indicates what that means. So if you see those indicators next to it, it indicates that these are contractor price codes. 
which usually equate to unlisted procedure code. And that means if we have billed an unlisted procedure, there's not going to be a fee attached to that. There's no fee for it. So that's why it says it's priced individually at the payer level, right? Because the unlisted code is based on the fact you have a procedure you performed. It isn't one that has its own CPT code yet. It's maybe something that you maybe performed a certain procedure that doesn't really carry a value um, or of a procedure that would have its own fee. Maybe it's something unique that you did in that instance that you want to be paid for. So you routinely will have to appeal these situations. Because there is not a fee schedule attached to that code, you are going to have to potentially expect a denial initially. And hopefully you have sophisticated claim software where before you submit the claim, it reminds you to add a note that tells you to describe the procedure and also put another CPT code there to compare the work involved. Because remember, these fees are attached based on the work involved in them, whether it's the physician work and it's the malpractice insurance, it's all of these things that make up that RVU, that relative value unit, they attach a fee to. So if you don't have that attached, then of course, they're not going to know how much to pay you, which is why you add that information when you submit the claim. But if your software doesn't have that capability, you are going to get asked later, of course, uh, to provide more information. So keep that in mind when you see the why, why, why in that indicator spot, okay? Next, you wanna look at the triple Z. So if those are on there, these are particularly added for add-on codes. So there's not gonna be a global concept with them only because they're going to follow their parent code. So when we look at our CPT code book, our current procedural terminology, we see those little codes that have a little plus sign in front of them, right? They are add-on codes that are being billed with another service. And we know our parenthetical notes, right, explain to us that we cannot build these codes on their own. They have to have a parent code or a main procedure code that will come with them, right? Now that's just an example of a couple of those indicators, but I encourage you to review this booklet and get to know more of that information. Now, we talked about these global days, right? And I mentioned that we have to also look at what is in the global package itself. Now, there are things, as you see in your CPT code book, in those surgery guidelines, uh, CPT or the American Medical Association has indicated what they consider part of the global package. Um, but I wanted to also encourage you to review what Medicare says is included in the global surgery payment. Of course, it's your preoperative visits, anything that's included in that, right? But it says where the decision is made to operate. That's what's included. So once you've made that decision to operate, on that visit, anything after that is now part of that. And it does indicate that if you have a major procedure, this would include the preoperative visit the day before this day of surgery, right? So because major surgeries have those 92 days, as mentioned, the day of surgery, the day before, and then 90 days after, that's what that includes. For minor procedures, they classify the decision to operate course, either that day or, of course, 10 days after. It includes the day of the surgery, obviously, because there is no preoperative period for minor procedures. It also includes, in the global package, intraoperative services, right? So what's normal and necessary in the middle of doing that procedure, right? All of the services that are required during the postoperative period. So remember, once you have a major surgery, the day after starts that 90-day period. So in that, that 90 days, anything they have to do to take care of the patient. But it does say also including 
because of complications. So if there's a complication, that's also included according to Medicare. But it's items that do not require additional trips to the operating room. So that's why we have other modifiers, right? Our 78 modifier, for instance, when there is a complication of some kind and we have to do an unplanned return to the operating room. We get to capture that procedure, of course. We have to perform that. We're going to get paid for the work we're doing in that procedure. But because normally anything we do in that global period is included in that original surgery, we have to add that modifier, don't we? To show that we had to make an additional trip, we're going to add that modifier to indicate that. All that normal stuff, right? Supplies, any miscellaneous services like dressing changes, uh, removal of things, having to do with that procedure. So when you have a surgery, I had broken my ankle back in 2020, and I had to go back to my surgeon's office to have them remove staples and had to reattach gauze and different things and clean my wounds and all that kind of stuff. And I had to do that a few times before I was allowed to go home and self-heal at home for the remainder of the procedure and uh, recovery time, unless for some reason I had to have some more complications and I wanted to come back and, and have things looked at. But personally, I didn't have any issues beyond those first couple of visits in the post-operative period. So everything else was part of my recovery and I was, I was doing great, right? So those are all part of that scenario, right? You have that global period, you're going to be taken care of. And then, of course, you're going to remainder of that period, you're going to not have to be billed for any services that you might need, right, within that realm of that surgery. So remember I said that modifier I was going to talk to you about, modifier 57. Um, now, this is a controversial sometimes, almost just as controversial as 25 that we talked about last week. But for 57, I want to remind you, this is one where it's for major surgeries, right? It's designated as making a decision for surgery. And the reason that we use it, right, if you go back up to that period, uh, that first bullet point of the, the global package where it says that preoperative visits after the decision is made are included. But if you made the decision the day of the surgery, right, or the day before, you get to add this 57 modifier to unbundle that, right? Because normally anything you do um, as part of that surgery in that preoperative period is, of course, you know, bundled into that. But because it says subsequent to the decision for surgery, if you made the decision for surgery on March 1st and you did the surgery either that day or the day after, you want to add your 57 modifier to your evaluation and management so you can get reimbursed for that initial evaluation that you did where you decided to perform surgery. And this could get convoluted. A lot of different scenarios can portray themselves, but keeping it simple, and knowing your specialty, of course, there are different specialties that may require you to maybe hold off and you're not sure if you can really go through with the surgery, you have clearance that has to take place. If there's clearly over and above other items that you really aren't sure of the decision can be made, that's one thing. But be very careful when you bill Medicare for a service with a 57 modifier. They could potentially, of course, request records to confirm the fact that you really did make the decision that day. So make sure that your documentation is clear and that you know you are still getting paid for all of the work you're doing. They're just paying you in a bundled price. And that's what it comes down to. For all you providers listening and you practice managers, those who work for physicians, they get these questions all the time. Remember to, of course, educate them and put them at ease. that They are getting paid for the services that they are performing, either individually 
or they're getting paid as a bundled price. And that's what we have to keep in mind is treating them uh, with, you know, giving them that knowledge and letting them know. Uh, recently, I had the opportunity to um, meet with some surgeons um, and provide some education on documentation. And that was a question we got. And I wanted to make it very clear to them. We're here to help them, help them uh, get extra revenue. We know how important those extra visits, those extra RVUs can be to a practice. With so much cost out, you have the cost of not only your employee staff, your supplies, just keeping the building open. All of the things you have to do on a regular basis just to keep the lights on. Every a little piece of, it, of information you can submit to the insurance to get reimbursement is important to you. And we understand that. So we want to make sure we understand the purpose of these modifiers. They are to get extra reimbursement. So remember, the, payment, the insurance company is footing the bill. So just like anybody else who is paying for a service, they're going to have requirements. They're going to have a policy on how they reimburse, whether it's medical insurance or maybe it's your car insurance, right? They have stipulations as to why they'll pay for something and the criteria needed to justify that. Remember, they're not in the room with you. They're not in the OR with you. So they don't know what you're actually doing unless you put it down in the documentation, a legal document. So that is what we need to realize for that, right? I wanted to also uh, highlight, of course, what is not included, because I think that is very important. It's also something that is covered in this global surgery uh, booklet. So again, what is not covered? And they clearly, the first bullet, just what I talked about, what is not covered, not included, is the initial consultation or eval by the surgeon to determine if a major surgery is needed. And it also says in the booklet, this would include using Modify 57, to bill separately for the decision for surgery. So that is what is not included in the global package. That means is you can bill that with the 57 modifier if that is the initial consultation, the initial visit where you made the decision. What's also not included, as we highlight many times, is diagnostic tests and procedures. When I was working in the orthopedic practice, uh, most of my career I did that, it was my job initially as the prior authorization specialist, the person who did all the financial counseling, when they ordered the surgery and we cleared them for surgery, authorization came back clean. I had to actually, of course, in, advise them on what is covered, what's not covered, and then, of course, their, their reimbursement, and then also what they would be responsible for. We had to make sure they knew that there is a normal part of this surgery that is bundled into your surgery price I'm going to give you, but your insurance does not include diagnostic tests and procedures that are not part of that package. It includes radiological procedures, according to this policy or this uh, global package instructions. So I had to inform them, if you come back in the office and we do an x-ray, the provider decides he has to do an x-ray or some kind of test that's not normally part of that package, then we are going to have to bill your insurance and you could potentially incur a fee, whether it's they attach a copay for that visit or a co-insurance because your deductible has been met. Whatever it is, you may end up incurring a fee. And we had a nice little sheet we gave them, especially for fracture care. We had to let them know this is what is included in fracture care. Anything outside of that, you're responsible for. We did the same thing for surgeries and for fracture care. We let them know what is included in that and what is not. So you know this is what you don't have to pay for outside of that surgery fee. This is what you may have to pay for. Be very transparent with your patients. We're in the new landscape of transparency, guys. So. Be transparent. Do not hide information from your patients. They legally have a right to know 
what they're being they're paying for, what they're getting, and how much it's going to cost them. And we're all patients, right? At one time or another, we we care about this stuff, so we should know as well. We should be educating ourselves and encouraging our family members to learn about their insurance. Be educated, right? And so that is a good a good point to remember. Now. In this episode, we really just wanted to give you an overview of the global package, how to interpret it, and really just some of the key elements. I really wanted to hone in these these last two episodes on Modifier 25, Modifier 57. But next time we meet on this uh, podcast, I'm going to have another episode on the global package. And so this is like a two-part episode, and I wanted to give you a little preview of that. We're going to talk about some other types of services and how the global package affects them. And we hope that you'll enjoy this continued discussion. There's so much to talk about with the Global Package. We can't discuss it all in one episode. So we hope that you've enjoyed this brief overview of that. And we encourage you to share this episode with your friends and your coworkers, those that want to understand things better. We have so many more modifiers to discuss, so much more information to discuss in the next episode. So stay tuned for our next episode. I want to thank you for listening to the Life as a Coder podcast. My name is Jennifer McNamara. I have been your host today. I always want to thank our listeners for joining and supporting the show. We try to give you the most up-to-date, accurate information, things that are of value to you and your practice. And of course, we're always here for additional services. If you need to reach out to Ozark Institute um, for auditing or additional coding services, education, please reach out. We're here to help. And once again, I'd like to shout out to my amazing, amazing podcast producer, Gabriel Fast with Highland Productions. And our wonderful sponsors over at Oncos Park for helping us continue this fabulous show, Life as a Coder. Until next time. Thanks for joining the Life as a Coder podcast. Please feel free to rate or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that effort. It helps us share the show with other healthcare professionals just like you. Join us next Wednesday for another episode. We'll catch you then. The team at OncoSpark offers a unique opportunity to grow your career in the business of medicine through their virtual specialty conference series. The reality of attending conferences in person is constantly changing. We give you the opportunity to learn virtually from industry leaders in top specialties, such as obstetrics and gynecology, pediatrics, cardiology, oncology, and orthopedics. We present timely industry topics to help you navigate regulatory guidelines, best practices and coding, billing, and practice management from the experts in the field. Whether you are interested in becoming the go-to expert in your field, provide additional knowledge for your education program, or you're ready to dive into other specialties, we have you covered. We hope to see you at our 2022 events.